0: This episode is brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter code GOG. That's Eero.com slash GOG. Code GOG at checkout. And we thank Eero for sponsoring our show. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and I'm Brian Schulmeister. Are you grumpy today, Brian? Are we ready to grump out? I've got a little bit of (laughs) follow-up, and I'm a little grumpy.
1: Uh, I'm just coming off of what we talked about uh, on the last episode about YouTube and how they were pulling anti-vax videos and and things of that nature. um, I got an email uh, from my kid's school this morning. So we'll see how much of the show we even get through uh, because he is uh, showing some signs of pink eye. And uh, should it it get worse? Yeah, I will be called to go pick him up. I already scheduled a doctor's appointment. This is the second time he's had pink eye this year. In between that, he's also had a viral uh, ear infection. And basically constantly snotting and gross. Uh, my point being, even if everybody, just the disease and the vectors for kids, especially when you put them in these tight social situations, things spread, they spread fast, and they spread through the whole school. Like the, the kid that had, we got to notice that somebody had pink eye uh, two days ago, and he's not even in Lucas's class, but apparently, you know, they all play with the same toys. They they share all the germs. So that's what happens. It's, yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's
0: great. He's in grade petri dish. Is exactly, what he is. <laughs> it, it's a petri dish.
1: And and I, I understood intellectually why vaccinations were important before I had a kid, but now I so understand it so viscerally, and it's mm-hmm. so important and prevalent and and meaningful to me because you see how quickly all these things spread. And and you know, it, it's one thing. These are these are non lethal diseases. We have lethal diseases that we have vaccinations for. That people are choosing not to take. And sending their kids out into the world with it. Now, I understand. (laughs) I am living, pun intended, in Ground Central for this shit. (laughs) Because here I'm in Santa Monica where there are a lot of incredibly rich, incredibly stupid people. That have decided to follow Jenny McCarthy. In fact, she probably probably lives in Malibu. But to be fair, Malibu and Santa Monica share a school district. So... (laughs) I'm I'm suffering anyways. Um, But one of the choices that my wife and I made, we we made a very conscious decision to go to a preschool that requires vaccinations. If your kid is due for a vaccination and you do not bring that that yellow sheet from your doctor, you are not your child is not going to school that day. You go home and you do not come back until you have that vaccination. (laughs) You do not. (laughs) I can't even take my dogs to daycare without vaccination records. Exactly. I mean, it's it's so, you know, the fact that, again, hopefully I'll make it through the whole show, but just watching these diseases and illnesses spread. No wonder there are massive outbreaks again. Now, all it takes is one kid that hasn't been vaccinated getting something because vaccinations aren't 100 percent foolproof here. People, if you've been vaccinated, you can still get this disease if exposed to it you know we, don't do it for you do it for everybody else this is a step up and be a part of society thing people yeah no this is Ramp for the done. greater good <laughs> yes. greater good yes so let's uh let's move on quickly because i have a feeling i'm gonna <laughs> be picking up a sick kid shortly uh oh yay <laughs> A bit more follow-up. Uh, this is hat tip to friend of the show, Mike, who lives here in Santa Monica with me and has been my, my grumpy old curmudgeon sitting at the bars about scooters since they first dropped here. Uh, <laughs> he sent me this link from, uh, from the Santa Monica local paper. Brake complaints accelerate for e-scooters. Now, <laughs> in addition to there being software glitches that have caused problems with brakes, recent testing is suggesting that some dockless scooters with electric brakes are unable to stop on hills. The brakes are not powerful enough for the environment they are being dropped into. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, class uh, action, class action. Uh, Philip Rossescu, a forensic engineer at Wexco, tested a scooter model that uses electric brakes activated with a rider's thumb to see whether it could come to a complete stop on a sloping road. This is based on some lawsuits that are currently going on here, as a Santa Monica personal injury attorney has is pursuing against bird on behalf of clients who were injured after jumping off scooters that were unable to stop on hills. These hills are right down the street from my house. Uh, You're on top (laughs) of a hill, actually. I am on (laughs) top of the hill. So these these are the people that are coming down from the the scooters that are blocking my lawn so I can't get past it with my kid. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, so uh, they're trying to use... So basically, this one specifically is a Ninebot Segway ES2, a model that came out last fall and can reach 15.5 miles per hour You cannot control the intensity of the electric brake. Now, this is the handbrake. Apparently, the fender brakes are good and fine, but riders don't think to use them. They just use the brakes that are right there at their hands. So he's been testing it, and uh, he tried a hill up in Playa del Rey. It was pretty steep, but again, these scooters are in the wild there. Uh, And he said that if he just tried to use the handbrake, he could not stop the scooter at all. He went straight through the intersection it did not stop a damn thing now fortunately he didn't get hit so he could come back and report to us exactly how so useless then they are he repeated the test using the fender brake which caused the scooter to come to a stop and 47 feet that's a long way 47 Especially feet at 15 miles an hour come on if you need to stop so if you use the two brakes in conjunction you can stop at 33 feet which is better but on a hill he's saying the e-brakes are effectively utterly useless that's crazy. Woo! This the is the thing- area.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the San Francisco. Interesting- <laughs> no shit on the San Francisco. The interesting thing was he even mentioned in here that people like using them in conjunction. Mm. Like it takes coordination to do that. That most yeah. people who are just random riders don't have. Now, yeah. uh, Brian, have you ever ridden a motorcycle? Yes. Yeah, that's right. You used to have a scooter that we used to ride around on.
1: I still have it, actually.
0: <laughs> no way. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe that. Yeah. That thing's got to be. Ready it's for old. The but it, it works. Yeah,
1: and yeah when, again, once you have a kid it's like, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't be riding that anymore." <laughs> so when I got my motorcycle license, they teach you
0: that, you know, when you're braking, 75% of the brakes comes from the front brake, 25% from the back, so you use them in conjunction to stop mm-hmm. quickly. Yes. And so if the e-brakes, which are the front brakes, don't work, most of your stopping power is just completely gone. And yeah. it also is something that takes a lot of practice. They, that's one of the things they mm-hmm. drilled into me at motorcycle
1: school. Or just you even know. riding a bike on hills, you learn over time that you should ride the brake down hills. Yep, and you should Absolutely. do the same thing with scooters, which people are obviously not doing. They they want to go as fast as they can because it's fun. Wee!
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: No, it takes it takes a, a bit of
0: skill to do this stuff, and especially if the brakes don't actually work, then that yes. is really that is just a class action lawsuit waiting to happen so we have we now have a new slogan for the e-scooter companies and that <laughs> is move fast and break bones yes
2: in the news
1: So we've been hearing since May 2018 when uh, when Facebook was coming out of the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal that uh, we were going to be getting a clear history feature that would let users flush their browsing data from Facebook, much like you can erase it from your web browser. Yeah, sure. sure Has not shown up yeah. yet? Haven't heard much about it, but the concept is something privacy advocates have been calling for. Um, But uh, yeah, there's there's just not much coming. So we originally uh, Facebook told the tech site Recode in December, and we talked about this then, that it was taking longer than they thought because it was there were technical obstacles. It's an excuse that uh, might hold more water if it didn't come from a company that employs thousands of the world's most skilled software developers. (laughs) Yeah, something we always forget to mention about that. They've got the cream of the crop who can build this stuff. (laughs) $240,000
0: a year, cream of the crop.
1: So yes, and we Mm. called
0: bullshit on this at the time because we know that it's not that hard. Yes.
1: As of last week, the press was increasingly losing patience and BuzzFeed uh, wrote a story headlined. Mark Zuckerberg promised a clear history tool almost a year ago. Where is it? And uh, an anonymous person in Facebook said Mark just wanted to score some points by announcing it and it may not ever be coming. However, on Tuesday, Facebook gave a strong indication that it might actually be coming sort of. Their chief financial officer, David Werner, told an audience of bankers, investors and industry insiders at Morgan Stanley Conference that the feature is coming later this year and it will take an advertising hit, which means they'll lose some monies because Mm -hmm. we will be blocking and deleting some of those precious data's
0: now. Now, stop me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong here. Isn't that Mm. kind of like insider trading, talking about features that are going to cost money so that then they can dump their stock beforehand?
1: Does feel a little weird, but uh, yeah, as we all know, it's a house of cards, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: so I get I get why they you know have been slacking on this because it is going to cost them money. Yes, if if they actually do it properly, well, they may, n- they may not do it <laughs> properly though.
1: Here we go. So <laughs> the fact that Facebook CFO is talking about the feature in terms of headwinds to its business suggests that it's not mere window dressing that it may be coming, but Facebook has a long history of rolling out things that would be good for the consumer in such a way that it's either ineffectual or unlikely to be broadly used. So I think what we can expect is something buried way deep in privacy, not really announced very well and made incredibly obscure and mostly ineffectual.
0: Yep. That's probably where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what? There's another way to delete your
0: browsing history. Hmm. Delete your Facebook account. Well, oh, wait, that. they don't delete anything. Never mind. They're still going to keep it around. No. Yeah, <laughs> they keep—they
1: have all your old information, <laughs> yeah. which they can use. Obviously, again, big data. They can they can mm. relate your deleted account to other people with similar likes and interests and thus build the bigger pile. Yep. Shadow profiling, all that good stuff that
0: we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> it's game over. You just can't get away. You just can't get away. And here's the fun part. Mm-hmm. They've been working on a cryptocurrency. We uh-huh. mentioned this briefly before when at first kind of like some of the news was trickling out. And the next web has a new article called What We Know About Facebook's Secretive Cryptocurrency and What We Don't. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out what we don't is most of the article, <laughs> but uh, they are working on building a stable coin, which is going to be. What's it called? Yeah, stable coin. <laughs> what's a type of <laughs> cryptocurrency it's a type of cryptocurrency that's backed by fiat currency so it doesn't fluctuate in the market like uh the other proof of proof of work coins like uh bitcoin i don't this think is it's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my non-death bullet a
1: stable coin this
0: is fucking not stable okay anyway <laughs> Well, that's, that's the point is they're trying uh, to make it stable. You know? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're going to try and, and like, you know, put the value of the coin to a bunch of different foreign currencies and not uh-huh. just the dollar, which will be okay. interesting. Right. So it so the value does not fluctuate as much. Now, uh, the thing about it, they still don't know if they're going to be doing a decentralized coin or something that they completely control. Mm hmm. That's that has not come out yet, which is an interesting thing, because I guess Signal and Telegram are also working on their own coins, which, of course, they are. Of course, they are. Everybody's working on their own fucking coin. Um, but uh, they have a lot of people working on this and some pretty heavy hitters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The whole cryptocurrency and blockchain thing is being led by David Marcus, who formerly headed up the messenger division and also ran PayPal. So he's also got some Captain there. Kirk's
1: son. What? Dave, dr david marcus captain kirk's son from wrath of con <laughs> okay well <laughs> uh, i guess the genesis device does
0: work yeah he's still he's still with us <laughs> and uh they've also I got some guys i don't know why from- i know that i don't <laughs> know why either. that
1: popped into my head but there you that go. completely threw me for a loop
0: but <laughs> hey at least i still remember the genesis device oh mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they got some guys from uh, instagram over as well since You know, they're just now that the main guys are gone. (laughs) Yeah, they're just going to do that. They've got apparently 50 people working on this crypto and blockchain project.
1: You know what they need? They need 50 people working on PR to convince anybody to give Facebook their credit cards. Oh, they need five. That's what they need. (laughs) Five thousand PR people. Fifty
0: is not nearly enough. And uh, what they've done is they've sequestered the team. And so they're in a different building with different keycard access. So they stay away from all the other Facebook employees. (laughs) That should be good for morale. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, because morale is so high at Facebook right
3: now.
1: Yeah. Well, Facebook might find themselves in more trouble than they already are if they do try to roll that out and take over more of the uh, industry that's out there, because the FTC is finally listening to our show. <laughs> <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> not, not. Uh, But they are starting something that we've been hoping for for a long time, a new antitrust tax fo- task force to look at big tech. So they're launching a new task force focused on the tech industry with a broad antitrust mission that will include re-examining mergers that have already been approved by the government. Slow clap. I'm yeah, very excited yeah. about this. FTC Chairman Jim Joe Simmons wrote in a statement: "The role of technology in the economy and in our lives grows more important every day." Yes. It makes sense for us to closely examine technology markets to ensure consumers benefit from free and fair competition, of which now there is none. None. <laughs> so right. this is good. FTC official did not discuss specific companies that might be examined by the new force. But fair enough. It's early days. Get on it, people.
0: Yeah. And there's like 17 lawyers on the task force, which is mm-hmm. good. I mean, it's yeah. a start. I mean, it's not as big as Facebook's cryptocurrency division, but it's a start. (laughs) Yep. But it's nice that they're willing to go back and re-examine these mergers that have happened before. Yes.
1: Yes. Which would be interesting if they come up with like, okay, we got to break up Ma Bell all over again. That'd be nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Seriously. It's like, okay, Instagram. Bye-bye. You're going off on your own now. (laughs) Bye-bye WhatsApp. See you you around. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And I mean, this is a really good first step. I hope mm-hmm. that this actually starts to make some headway. And I yeah. really want them to go back and start looking at the cable giants, because what really irks me is now you have these cable companies who not only own the means of distribution throughout their network, but they own half of the damn content producers. Look yep. at like, you know, Universal and all that stuff that's going on. It's like that should not be allowed to exist. Right. It it really shouldn't because because you're going to get Yeah, you know what I'm. You know what I mean. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, you get premium placement
1: on your network for your shows, and then the other shows don't. It's it's it's
2: just like neutrality.
1: You look back at the AOL Time Warner merger for those of you old enough that remember that. It's the same thing over and over again. History keeps repeating. It Mm -hmm. really does.
0: And speaking of history repeating, Amazon (laughs) is uh, going to stop expanding in Seattle. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about this is. Amazon threw a hissy fit a while ago because mm-hmm. they're they're making new buildings and they're leasing new buildings because they've got a lot of people that they need to get to work. So there was a tax on the books in Seattle called a head tax of approximately right. five hundred dollars per employee mm-hmm. with companies with annual revenue in the city of twenty million dollars or more. Right. So Amazon would have had to pay about two twenty two and a half million dollars a year for its forty five thousand employees. The okay. tax was changed to be a point seven percent payroll tax. In twenty twenty one, if it went through, and it did go through, and then everything, and then just recently, the whole thing was repealed. They they passed it; they actually got it through, and mm-hmm. then they they stepped back because Amazon was like, "Ah, yeah, we're just gonna we're start pulling out of the city." The, you remember the whole you yep. know HQ two thing? Yeah. Well, now that uh, the tax has been repealed, Amazon has come out and said, "Yeah, we're still not gonna do anything for you guys right now." You know, crazy totally thing is, backstepping on what they said they were going to do for the city of Seattle.
1: This is at the same time that stories are going around about how Amazon has paid zero dollars in income tax on its over billions of dollars of profits this year. This is these are horrible optics and no one seems to care. No, they don't care. This is yeah. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. And they have no
0: reason to care because everybody still shops with them because yeah. they have billions of dollars of income. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's just you can't trust these guys, period. Well,
1: nope, And uh, hopefully that FTC tax force goes after Amazon first.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't
1: mind that. They are researching into Amazon a little bit at the moment. Anyways, the FTC has brought its first case against fake paid reviews on Amazon. Now, obviously, this is helping Amazon to some degree. Or is it? That is the question. But they announced on Tuesday evening that it brought its first case against using fake reviews to sell products online commission said it will settle with defendant Cure Encapsulations Inc., a New York City-based company uh, who is accused of making false claims about a weight loss supplement, which obviously that's the main business model for weight loss supplements, and paying a third-party website to post fake reviews on Amazon. Uh, in a press release, Andrew Smith, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection, said when a company buys fake reviews to inflate its Amazon ratings, it hurts both shoppers and companies that play by the rules.
2: Yes, well, Yeah,
0: because
1: that's why nobody plays by the rules anymore, because exactly. you, can't, you can't compete. You can't compete if you pay by the rules anymore. So this is a good, again, I, I'm this is like up with the FTC week for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hopefully the FTC is going to go after Amazon for their in-house brands, because this is something I noticed, too. Uh, recently, I've been going, we have Ralph's here in Southern California. Yes. Which is owned by the Kroger company, like, yes. you know, the big conglomeration. Mm-hmm. And most of the brands that I find I myself buying nowadays are Kroger brands because they've done the same thing. as like Amazon basics. They're buying up. or actually, I don't even know if they're buying up. They probably have the same companies that make the more expensive brands co-pack the stuff for them and just rebrand it for themselves. Like Mm -hmm. they do at Costco, you know, because God knows Costco whiskey is just amazing because it's Woodford's. (laughs) If you want to get a good rye whiskey, go get uh, Costco's brand. And, uh, just you're just drinking Woodford's. It's awesome. But the problem is they're undercutting all of these other brands. Yep. And I don't think this is sustainable because if everybody starts buying the Kroger brands, the other brands are going to go out of business and then they're not going to have their co-packers. And then, you know, it's the companies are going to have to buy them and keep going. It's this whole thing about rebranding with your own internal brands. And it, it's the same thing. Like I said, with Comcast, they own the distribution and the product. Yep. And I think I that mean, we're, we're just being be broken up.
1: We're just seeing this consolidation happening at just such an amazingly increased pace, and uh, yeah, some, somebody's got to do something about it.
0: Well, that's what the FTC's for. So hopefully, they're going to get on it. I don't know. How, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing that they're making this much headway in this current administration. Which it, I salute them for that. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. I wish the uh, the FCC would be as bold. <laughs>
1: Yeah, one hopes. Now, we've talked a bit in the past about how there is a replication crisis in sciences, um, where, you know, the whole concept of science is that we use the scientific method, we come up with a result, different people do the same studies, we see if the results can be replicated, and then if so, we have something that we consider to be a working theory. This is this is how we've proven it works, we've done multiple studies, this is what happens. But we found out that a lot of these were being bullshitted, and people were lying, and people were cheating, Shocking.
2: Hmm, hang, on theme. Theme. hang on while
0: I do my power pose. <laughs> <laughs> so here, I'm going to do my affirmations and power poses so I can get through this article. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. Well, DARPA wants to do something about this. The military basically wants to build a bullshit detector for social science studies using, well, machine learning, not a form of AI. They say what? perhaps a machine learning derived computer program, a form of AI. See how we're even twisting the wording there? Mm-hmm. Like we're massaging yep. AI into machine learned computer programs. Oh, it's just okay, but that ship has sailed and we've given up on that. So, anyways, (laughs) they are working on something that could rapidly assess and predict the reliability of scientific findings, and that would be awesome. The project is called SCORE the Systematized Confidence in Open Research and Evidence. good work there and okay. it's a collaboration with the center for open science in virginia with a price tag that may top 7.6 million over three years now i know that was written to make it sound as if that's a lot of money but 7.6 million dollars is not anymore <laughs> so. for darpa no
0: that's yes <laughs> this like is a drop coffee. in the bucket <laughs> yeah, i mean that's your coffee budget for like a week yeah so so not a big deal so
1: We'll see what happens here, but the question remains, even if DARPA can build this tool, will people feel comfortable taking recommendations from it? That's a question many fields are grappling with as they introduce more AI into their methods. And I say, yes, I think people will be okay with it because we just are all being conditioned to it at this point. And if it works, it works. I don't care. I want things that work. That's, that's, I'm, I'm practical that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not that difficult of a problem. I mean, the biggest problem is going to be figuring out how to parse the the reports that come from the scientists and then yeah. take that and say, OK, what does this study show? How do I match it with the other studies? You know, mm-hmm. the the language learning on that is going to be the most interesting thing. But I think we've got a lot of that already hammered out. So, yes, I, I look forward to this because it might actually work. And that way you could, you know, at the drop of a hat, say, OK, what do you think about this study? How many how many times has it been peer reviewed? How many of those studies have failed versus how many have succeeded and go from there? And that way you can say, is this actual science or and yeah. point people to things that they can then go do new studies on to replicate or disprove?
1: Right. I like it. I like it me a lot. Too. I like yeah. it a lot, too. Here's something else I like that the president is doing. Didn't <laughs> wait, expect wait. to hear that statement from me, did you? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, the president and Congress are thinking about changing an important internet law. This internet law is something that you and I have been screaming about a long time. It is the way that all these services claim they are just platforms when they Mm -hmm. are no longer platforms. It's called Section 230. We have a link in the show notes, and I urge people to go read it. Um, it talks all about it and, and why Jason and I have been so screaming about this for so long. Uh, so it's an emerging debate about it. And uh, in this article, they state that uh, when the steady stream of content policy challenges flowing across tech platforms, the notion that Section 230 provides an excuse for tech companies not to moderate their platforms seems increasingly untenable. Something we've yeah. been saying for a long time. So they're looking at changing it. So and the debate has started, which, again, I welcome. So we'll see what yeah, happens. This is
0: not the one that we generally talk about because this comes no, from the communications. Dec- yeah, they're, they are tied okay. together. This is part of the Communications Decency Act. What we usually yep. talk about is Section 512 of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Yeah. The DMCA. The DMCA. Yeah. So these are they're related, but slightly different. But they also still have, you know,
1: it ties to the same type of regulation. Yeah. So Look, I, I'm just happy that this is actually being discussed now. To our other points that we often make in the security segment, do any of these people discussing it actually understand it? Yeah, well, that's debatable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can we get some machine learning on on, on, on whether or not these people know what the hell they're talking about?
1: But I I welcome the fact that it's actually being discussed now because I think it is very important, especially as we're trying to figure out which way the Internet's going to go moving forward. these, These massive companies, first off, need to be split up and second off, need to stop being able to hide behind. I'm just a platform.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there's there's some really interesting quotes in here. So,
1: yeah, I, highly highly I urge people. It. To, it's a, it's a good article to to kind of get yourself up to speed on on the conversation. And yeah, I, I, I urge love people to do that.
0: I love Senator Wyden's remark. He's like, if you're not willing to use the sword, there are those who may try to take away the shield. Which, yes, that's the <laughs> way it should be. So,
1: <laughs> and we have uh, some new news in the transportation front, and something a bit too late, in my opinion. This should have been, happened a while ago. Uh, the Department of Transportation and the FAA have issued an interim rule banning the transport of lithium ion batteries and cells as cargo aboard passenger flights because they've tended to catch
0: <laughs> fire. <blow> up.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't know that you could have a uh, lion battery cargo on a passenger plane. That's kind of crazy.
1: Well, my father was an air cargo supervisor. You would be shocked at what is on passenger planes. Oh, I don't need shocked. to hear that ever. <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, oh no, I don't need to hear. Yeah, because because a lot, it, most of the space below planes, in case you didn't know, isn't actually for your luggage. It is for people that have bought uh, shipping companies and private companies that have bought space and shipping on every single flight. So there's all kinds of stuff underneath you when you're flying on a
0: plane. Oh, great. Great. Just as I'm negotiating buying my next ticket to Fireside. Awesome.
1: (laughs) So you can still carry your personal devices on your trips in most cases, but companies can't just stuff a ton of battery packs into an airliner's hold anymore.
0: Yeah, I was pretty. (laughs) See, I I was living in a world where I thought they couldn't do that already.
1: So, well, no, they could. So the cargo ban will mainly affect people who order batteries. Larger companies getting tons. You'll still likely get your orders, but you will have to wait for dedicated cargo flights for them now. Also, and this is super interesting, and this is how it this is how it's actually going to affect us, the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the interim rule demands that batteries aboard cargo aircraft carry no more than a 30 percent charge. Now, hmm. guess what this means?
0: Who's going to check that? Are they going to have somebody <laughs> yeah, sitting there we'll with a battery say, tester?
1: <laughs> this is a really good question. Who is going to check that? It's obviously going to be a lot of uh, personal trust. Hmm. Yeah. which I'm sure people will follow. But the way that it's going to affect us in the future is right now it, when you go out and buy something. It tends to be fully charged, which is convenient as F, right? Yeah. It's kind of awesome. But this could end that because now they can't have anything more than a 30% charge. So when you first buy something now, you're going to have to go home and top it up. You know, I'm okay with that.
0: I am too because I'm fine with lie that. a lot that, I'm also used to it i'm you know I'm used to getting things. when I get it when I buy something and it comes and it's got like an eighty five or ninety percent charge. I'm always like, surprised I'm still yeah. surprised
1: to this day that things have charges when I get them, yeah I'm just like that's they didn't nice. used to yeah, they'd come dead and you'd have to charge them for half or like half 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 the time they didn't come with batteries <laughs> that's true
0: too, <laughs> but we're very old, <laughs> yeah, batteries not included, remember mm. that, so. Yeah. I mean, this is interesting. And, you know, my gut reaction was originally this might be in response to that Amazon cargo flight that just, you know, crashed in the swamp. But yeah. I know the FAA does not move that fast. So this has been in no, the works for I, a while.
1: I, I think they're still they're just now getting around to responding to those stupid flying hoverboards that blew up on planes.
0: Oh god, yeah. That 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 seems about right for the timeline on how slow the FAA moves. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Eero. Eero is a home Wi-Fi system like nothing you've seen. The single-router model just doesn't work for our increasingly high-bandwidth world. It's simple physics. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls very well. And imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. Yet so many people just get the crappy Wi-Fi system from their ISP. Oh, I've been there. Oh, trust me, I've been there. It's not good. What you need is a distributed system. This is what offices have had for years at considerable work and expense. Current Wi-Fi routers are really tough to manage and optimize. The Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, so you'll know how many devices are connected at any given point, as well as the internet speed that you're getting from your service provider. You can also easily create and share a guest network, and you can turn off the Wi-Fi for your kids if they stay up past their bedtime, which is pretty neat. Eero is protected with state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption, and because it controls the hardware and the software for your entire network, it ensures that you're always secure. Since traditional routers don't push software updates to their customers, they're left vulnerable to cyber attacks. Eero updates automatically, so you not only have the latest features, but the latest security at all times. And it is so refreshing to not have to worry about that stuff. Remember having to do firmware on those crappy blue other boxes that you used to have, you know, with the little antenna sticking up. You don't have to do that with Eero. And now they've got Eero Plus, which is designed to provide simple, reliable security that defends all your home's devices against threats like malware, spyware, phishing attacks, as well as unsuitable content. The combination of Eero with Eero Plus provides complete protection for your network. And it's ridiculous. Every week I get an email from them and there are well over 100,000 hack attempts on my network. It's crazy. Eero Plus offers the ability to block malicious and unwanted content from your entire network by checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats. Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Or that guy that came to your house and got on your network, you're like, "Hey man, here's the Wi-Fi password." You know, give him the guest network, but he still like screws up your PC. Eero Plus will not let that happen. It's great, and they've got ad blocking, so you can get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all your devices. And it's at the router level, so it doesn't even hit your machine. It's great. It speeds up the sites that you go to. It's phenomenal. And with your Eero Plus subscription, you get a bunch of goodies, like VPN protection from Encrypt.me, password management from our favorite, 1Password, and antivirus software from Malwarebytes. So never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter code GOG. That's e e r o dot com slash g o g, and at checkout, enter code G O G.
2: Security. Ha!
0: We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in the beautiful state of Maryland. Who has a lot of followers i've found and dave is also co-host of the new (laughs) hacking humans podcast along with joe kerrigan where they take on social engineering i did enjoy the latest episode by the way it was very good
3: thank you thank you very much good to be back so uh shall we kick off with a little bit of (laughs) follow-up as we do yes yes
1: Uh, i enjoy this one
2: yeah uh
3: so uh listeners may remember from last week when i was on I had a funny feeling about uh, this gentleman who was calling appropriate attention to a bunch of folks who were doing inappropriate things on YouTube, calling out uh, <laughs> videos Everyone on of YouTube young does. girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, we got uh, a note from one of our listeners. This is uh, someone, Marcus McGee on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, who said, hey, Dave, you were right. People found a video of the YouTube whistleblower asking a girl on the side of the road to make a porno with him. Also had some other creepy stuff on his original YouTube account. (sighs) Nailed it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does protest too
3: much. uh, Now, in the interest of being more fair than this guy probably deserves, um, this video of him asking a girl on the side of the road to make a porno with him is a bit of performance art it's a clip within a larger video that he made about having his life go down the drain because he got involved with a cam girl or or something like that it's a and it's all pre-produced and it's all acted out so also i mean to be fair who
1: among us have not rolled up on the side of a road to a girl and asked them to make a no,
3: nobody else just yeah.
1: well
0: never mind, I'm, not, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna not say anything right
2: now yeah
3: we'll I'll edit just be that out quiet. yeah don't don't worry Brian we'll edit that out no no problem uh, no one yeah so I um, think you know some people I know so thank you Marcus for sending that in um I wouldn't have seen this follow up because honestly. I didn't want to see any more of that guy. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, but we, still we pretty much called it. Pretty much called it. Yeah, yeah. now <laughs> the the follow up on the YouTube side of things is that YouTube has disabled comments on videos that they say or I don't know how they you know look for this, but uh, videos AI. That, <laughs> it probably is. But a uh, video with um young kids, they are automatically disabling comments. So Gee,
1: where did that idea come from?
3: Imagine that. Hm, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of things that one doesn't necessarily want to see anything more of, um, hat tip to friend of the show, Amber. I, I'm not sure who this is for. I don't know if it's for you, Dave, our own favorite furry, <laughs> or for Jason with his unnatural love of his dogs. But there is a new Japanese service that has created stunningly frightening, super realistic replicas of your own pet's heads that you can wear around the office go to the bar take selfies with your own pets i oh, started boy. saving did, the, did you up up look for at this one
0: photos? already
3: I, I did i did look at this wow i, I am know. so
0: gonna wear this on a walk with bam bam because <laughs> talk about freaking out the neighbors
1: yeah it's these are frightening wow.
0: they They're are a
1: bit pricey they, they average out to almost three grand so oh, uh, patreon.com slash for
3: gog <laughs> yeah oh man we should do a kickstarter for jason to get one of these Which oh, dog? Would man. you have to go with bammers i guess right oh hell yeah
0: no yeah i want to
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry sorry dino but bam bam is the way to go on this one
2: mm-hmm. this
0: would be the the triple threat walking down with me and, and oh and i can wear my t-shirt that has a rottweiler and a hoodie too mm-hmm. so we would have we'd, <laughs> we'd be rottweilers all the way down
3: yeah yeah <laughs> This is Frightened. something, it is both frightening, and yet I can't seem to take my eyes away from it. So. It's so
0: cool. I love it. <laughs> I really love it.
3: All right. Well. Okay. okay. Yeah, a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Warm up those credit cards, people. I need
3: mm-hmm. me a Bam Bam head. <laughs> yeah. If you've, if you've got money you want to throw away in the street, instead, send it to... <laughs> Send it to Jason.
0: <laughs> uh, Patreon.com
3: yes. slash GOG. Uh-huh. Of course. Uh-huh. And uh, I've got a little
0: follow-up because Dave Bittner, you posted a link to a video called Star Wars Always, which has been making the rounds. Yeah. And this turns out to be edited by Topher Grace. And he took all yep. 10 Star Wars movies and put them into one five-minute trailer. And I got to say,
3: it was epic.
1: Yeah. It was epically it, good. It managed to make the six really shitty ones decent.
3: Yeah. Go yeah, figure. Yeah. It really did. Better world building than they did on their own. Yes.
1: Uh, Yeah. yeah.
3: I have to Take that, Lucas. (laughs) Yeah. Push my buttons. Um, And then also along with that, this week was when all the information started coming out about the new Star Wars land at Disneyland and Disney World. Looks like some reporters got some behind the scenes tours of that. So I'm very excited. I am, too. My fear, though, is how many years is it going to be before you're going to be able to go there and actually get on the ride Six months. Many. 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 Months. Well, no. But, but you know what? People are. <laughs> I think it's going to be helpful that they're building two of them. Yes. Um, but. Splitting uh, the traffic. Right. But there's still a three hour wait on that Pandora ride down at Disney World. And nobody cares about Pandora
0: oh true true right nobody really does care about pandora no they don't somewhat
3: the
1: somewhat smart thing that they seem to have done having you know i i'm a long time disney guy i grew up down the street my mom still lives a few blocks away from it i was a local i had annual passes i'm a disney freak as it were yeah Uh, the one the smart thing that they're doing with this land is it's actually there's only as far as i can tell two rides it's mostly immersive walk around fun cool stuff everywhere. It's more just kind of dropping into the world than uh, I mean obviously you're going to want to go on the rides and there's going to be gazillions of hours of waiting for them, but there's going to be a lot to do just walking around. And and I think that's very smart of them to do that.
0: Yes. Well the, th- the I, thing the thing is agree. it's like you're going to go to Disney and take one ride for the day. You're going to be in line the entire time for one ride. So Well there are the I,
1: fast pass options using the apps and all that sort of thing. So I don't think it's going to be quite as horrific as we all imagine. It will be certainly it will be for the first few weeks but uh, yeah. uh, my son oh, but, is coming up on just being old enough to go to disney for around the first time anyways and the timing will be nice and i will say goodbye mommy goodbye kid daddy's going to star wars land
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just bracing myself because I, I too enjoy disney a lot and i'm one of those people who when i come underneath the berm and turn the corner and see the castle i'll admit i do get a little misty Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't imagine the, the ball of goo I'm going to be when I come around <laughs> oh, the corner and see the real Millennium Falcon.
1: I can't yeah. believe the ball of goo everyone in that land will be when they see you wearing your pet's face. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's an easy way to know, get to the front of the line yeah <laughs> i let this guy go what i mean if you're gonna wear it that's a place where no one's gonna look twice at you right i actually
1: believe that they won't uh <laughs> i'm sure that their rules will not allow you in with that mask on but uh, mm. go for right. it <laughs> time to start planning a caper
2: <laughs> oh god
0: it's so funny i actually went to uh disney world in orlando the first year that star tours was out and i got to oh, ride wow. it the first year mm-hmm. and i tell you what when we came out of that ride, we were just, like, shaking. It was just so cool. And then there was the yeah. giant ad-at. I at I'm sorry, yes. at I'm not allowed to say AT-AT because the nerds will, will hit me with their fake lightsaber. Whatever, it's an AT-AT. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> But it was the coolest thing ever, and I'm yeah. i am I'm actually really looking forward to this. I am going to go to Disney just to do this, for sure. I, I
1: don't want to be a one-upper, Jason, but when they open up the one here in Anaheim for Star Tours, they throw a 48-hour party. It's the only time that the park has been open 24 hours straight twice but uh, it's the only time they've ever done it so 48 hours straight they kept the park open and i got grounded because <laughs> <laughs> you snuck out I, I, I was young and i snuck out and we were there for 24 hours straight me and a bunch of friends and uh, nice. it was well worth
3: it well worth oh, it. oh very cool very <laughs> cool yeah. no that was uh, nice. star tours was definitely the realization of a lot of childhood fantasies oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah, uh, so.
0: between me and my dad we wrote it uh, we went back i think four times And did the whole thing because it was just so cool. So Mm -hmm. cool. And like we'd go to Epcot, make our tour, come (laughs) back, do it again, go to the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing, then go back. And I mean, because we we had passes to all the different parks and we spent like five days going between Universal and Disney and we hit everything multiple times. That was the greatest road trip in the history of the world as far as I'm
3: (laughs)
2: concerned. Well,
3: and by all accounts, this new Millennium Falcon ride is, you know, Star Tours taken to 11. So yeah. can't Uh, wait can't wait wait.
2: all right
1: so we talk about crappy things now yeah (laughs) Yeah,
3: shall shall we actually talk about what this segment's about now now that we're (laughs) happy and excited let's uh let's let's depress everybody what do we got this week
1: so over at big think uh something that uh, we've been talking about for quite some time most americans don't realize what companies can predict from their data um we've been screaming about this we we are somewhat aware of this and it's just good to kind of reiterate uh exactly how much information all these big companies are getting from us from the little dribs and drabs that they're collecting together into a gigantic ocean or puddle of goo as you were of (laughs) us
2: um
1: you know data about mobile phones past locations and movement patterns can be used to predict where a person lives who their employer is where they attend religious services age range of children based on when they drop them off from school almost everything that we talked about just last week that we knew the chinese were getting and as i said at the time okay, the Chinese government's doing it, but we know private corporations are doing it here, and uh, this article basically tells us exactly that.
0: Yeah, there's a great little graphic in here, and Misa no like. So, <laughs> just to keep with the theme here. Uh, so they have different identifying data, like your name, previously used names, because we all have previously used names, I guess. <laughs> Harvey Menfringen. Jensen. Gern All all the fun stuff. Uh, And of course, latitude and longitude, phone numbers, email addresses, and sensitive identifying data like your social security number, which nobody's supposed to have. Driver's license insurance companies put on the damn card and and most, you know, (laughs) higher education institutions use as (laughs) your your student (laughs) Student ID ID number. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Ridiculous. Uh, Birth dates of family members in your household uh, demographic data, which is just a very long list of things that they know <laughs> uh, court and public records of course because that's you know public data anyway general interest data and this one I find I find
1: funny apparel preferences okay yeah. why
0: do they care if I just wear all black I because don't care. if
1: Gap has a new dark black t-shirt that gets pushed into your ads of course charitable giving gambling. Oh, uh,
0: uh, participation in outdoor activities. Well, I'm I'm safe on that one. <laughs>
1: you don't have to worry about that. Basically, a vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: pets. Jason's dogs getting owners. nothing but
1: Netflix ads and the, and the button for when he falls over and nobody's around. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. I've fallen and I. Have you guys
1: seen those new "I've fallen and I can't get up" commercials? No, because they don't get pushed to me because I have outdoor preferences. Oh my god. Yeah, i yeah, they're like a horror movie. They make
0: yeah. it like a horror movie. It's like where they got this scary music and the woman's mm-hmm. at the bottom of the stairs going,
2: help, I'm falling right. I can't get up. Right. It's not just Mrs.
0: Fletcher anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, all your social media data, which we knew they were getting anyway because you posted by yourself, of course, uh, and home and neighborhood data, you know, census data and things like that. So there's yep. I mean, it's just a treasure trove of stuff that they get.
3: Now, looking at this article, one of the things they pointed out was that in the U.S., these data aggregation companies or the the, the folks who collect the data, so the phone company, the cable company, all these different – the places you shop, the credit card companies, they Mm. own that data. And so that is what allows them to sell that data to the aggregators. Yes. Now, how much of a difference do you think it would make if here in the United States we owned our own data? A lot. Jay, we would be able to he's... sell it
1: ourselves. It, it, it's our data. We could choose right. they to would sell need it permission. or not. Yes, mm-hmm.
3: They would need permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it as simple as that? Would that or is that, is that a good first step?
1: It's a good <sighs> first step, but to is... some degree, isn't the Pandora's box already open? Don't they basically have everything about us already
3: i think well it depends (laughs) now would we would they be required mm -hmm.
1: to wipe it or turn around and and write us a check for the information that they already have can we make it (laughs) retroactive
3: we're the lost generation for sure right there's no there's Mm no no go on without us there's no point saving us yes but
0: um (laughs) we are adrift (laughs) in a sea of data and you know jaron lanier kept saying it's like that's the way to really make this stuff work is it's like if you're going to use my data give me a cut or yep. give me a preference to opt out.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. Here's open. Yeah. <laughs> Keep open.
0: <hoping. laughs> as as they well, say, wish in one hand, shit in the other. See which one gets filled first. We're <laughs> nice. never gonna do a clean show, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> never.
3: Nope. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> mm. All right. Just, well, I'm speaking of the next generation, <laughs> this is a good enough segue into that since we're the old one. Uh the owners of TikTok, an app you've probably too old to know about. Mm-hmm. Find five point seven million dollars for illegally collecting kids' data. Now I'm aware of this app because I have a kid and friends with slightly older kids who come to me because you know I'm the tech guy and I was asked about this. And um, mm-hmm. so there it is. It used to be <laughs> a lip-syncing app called Musically.ly. It's been rebranded as TikTok, and now it's a short video platform that is very much a youthful demographic. If, if you've got it, you might be that creepy guy from YouTube. If you're old. Otherwise, you're a <laughs> That's that's where it's at. So yeah. uh, and I, I love this particular sentence. In the past, its stance on obtaining user consent was, let's say, inattentive.
2: <laughs>
0: Basically, it
1: didn't exist.
0: Inattentive. <laughs> mm, uh, so now, the that,
1: you know, the, now they've got an age gate prompting users to affirm that they're 13 or older, which, as we know, always works. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but they didn't. And uh, informa- for a long time, they didn't. And uh, that is against the law. Um, So they are now the recipient of the largest civil penalty for violating the online privacy of children among information potentially captured by the app, email addresses, phone numbers, first last names, obviously photos and all the videos that people were putting up. Um, Again, another particular favorite line from this article, a tech company's flagrant disregard for privacy laws is old hat by now. But the combination (laughs) of an open messaging structure, automatically public profile pages and a large underage contingent led to public reports of adults trying to contact children via the Musical.ly App, yes, he said. Now, again, it's almost sad. And I, I do wonder, have we just reached saturation point where we don't even notice anymore? But again, mm-hmm. the Surrender. tech companies flagrant disregard for privacy laws is old hat. By now, we rarely bat an eye. We don't even know what to do about it anymore. And none of these companies ever really seem to get in serious enough trouble, either legally or financially for them ever to change their ways.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I yeah. like this quote from Senator Ed Markey. He says, uh, while this fine may be an historic high for a COPA violation, that, that's the Children Online Privacy Protection Act, mm-hmm. it's not high enough for the harm that is done to children and to deter violations of the law in the future by other companies, which is yeah. exactly, exactly true. It's
3: exactly too small. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in preparation yeah. for this uh, discussion, I called up my son Jack, who is 12. And I asked him, I said, what, what can you tell me about TikTok? <laughs> he said, <laughs> "He said, well, what do you want to know? Do you want to know what it is or do you want my opinion on it? I said, well, first tell me what it is because I, I, this article is correct. I'm too old to know about it. Uh, and he said, basically, it's, he said there are three things that happen on TikTok. He said, uh, first, people use it to lip sync along with music. The original purpose. That's yes, That's right. He said, mm-hmm. second, uh, 60-year-old men use it to try to do inappropriate things with young preteen kids. As the internet is for, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is apparently. This is, yeah. this is Wait, coming from a twelve-year-old, right? That's what was disturbing to well, me. Was at how... least there?
1: I don't know if that's disturbing though. I I, I kind of like actually... the fact that they're cognizant of it. Well,
3: yeah, that's encouraging. Yeah. He knows what's know. going on. What what uh what set me back though is how just how casual he was about it like yeah you know I mean yeah, as you like do. like they like yeah. they do yeah <laughs> right, exactly yeah. this is a data, this is like uh you know avoiding stepping in dog poop on your way to school in the morning just there's <laughs> right. there are all men all over the internet trying to oh yeah well of course dad I mean come on you just watch where you're stepping <laughs> don't be silly <laughs> right and the other thing he said was um people doing what he described as just awkward things awkward things trying to be funny but weren't to very get funny memes or viral or attention right, yeah. right. right. he said that it's uh, a vine all over again mm-hmm. yeah. 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 yeah he yeah. said no one at his school uses it which is exactly what he wants me to think yes but, uh... <laughs> that is that is misinformation <laughs>
0: right right he fake said... news fake news
1: <laughs> he
0: said
3: no one well, in I'm his not on uses it nobody it. at my school right. is on
1: it dad don't right. bother getting on it yeah well, let me tell you every <laughs>
0: exact thing about what this app does and how <laughs> right. it's being used yes
3: yes uh, and I, I believe him because he because he's a good boy. <laughs> so, uh, so that's my take on TikTok. Right. We'll so do you have it installed now? Have you taken a look? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a good enough parent to do something like that. Wow. OK. <laughs> I, I am over parenting, apparently. <laughs> I mean, and Dave's a
0: professional singer. He would never lip sync. That's, that's right. True. Uh, that's true. Don't
3: get me started. <sighs>
2: Do you want to sing S-
3: us into the next article, no, David? I'm just going to say,
1: <laughs> creeping on you
3: on TikTok because I'm 60. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade used to involve Broadway singers singing songs live. And now they all lip sync and uh, get off my lawn. Ladies and gentlemen, he's officially a grumpy old geek. <laughs> yeah, There
2: you go. Yes, it took is. a while, this but we moment. brought him to
3: the
1: dark side.
0: Well, you know, I think-, I think I think it really went to went to pot when uh we got Rick rolled at the Macy's oh, Thanksgiving yeah. <laughs> Day Parade and he'd lip synced his own song. That was not cool. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 If you're gonna so, if you're gonna
0: Rickroll us, at least do it do it live, man. Do it real.
3: <laughs> anyway, speaking of creepy things, uh this was an article that came by uh it's from a blog called One Foot Tsunami, which is just, I don't know. It'll it's your definitely...
1: source for crucial emoji news.
3: It is. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I I think I got linked to this from uh, Daring Fireball, John Gruber's uh, Mac News uh, site. But um, what this is about is a company called Cooler Screens, which is testing out at evidently at Walgreens around the country. Ah, and, on the news, yeah. Yeah, so rather than the transparent glass door in the cooler section of your grocery store... Because retailers cannot resist putting advertising on every flat surface possible, (laughs) they're replacing those doors with video monitors. Right. And okay, so step one, this is annoying. Ads everywhere. Ads everywhere. And they're saying they're the the demos for this uh, on on the actual company product screen. They have pictures of the products that are behind the glass, Mm -hmm. Uh, but to me, this is a terrible idea, because what happens? Those poor
1: stalkers that have to put everything in the right place.
3: Well, there's that. Uh, But also, what happens when I want my, I don't know, my Hot Pockets, and I go to the (laughs) store to get my Hot Pockets, and I find where the picture of the Hot Pockets is, and I open the door, and there's no Hot Pockets? First world problems! Yes! Yes! Oh my God, the agony, right? the pain. Yes, there should be a, the the picture of the hot pockets on the door should have a circle with a slash through it. It needs to be grayed out, yes. No, grayed out. It's like Big Brother when somebody's
0: kicked out of the house, like their picture
3: turns gray. Right, right. So there's that. I'm sure they could build them smart enough to do that. And maybe they will. Maybe it'll automatically scan the barcodes. It'll. So now we get to part two of this wonderful yes, invention. Part two is what I have a massive problem with. <laughs> so part two is uh, not only will report. they have, yeah, not only will they have the video screens, but they will have cameras built in as well to watch pointing out, pointing at you to watch mm-hmm. and profile the appearance and actions of customers who find themselves in their paths. Would you like some wild turkey, big boy? <laughs> right. So they're oh, going to be able to, to, to track what you're looking at, how long your gaze falls on a particular thing. Now, they do have a privacy policy.
1: I do wonder if when you go to open the door, a window pops up where you have to agree to it. <laughs> the terms of service before you can actually then, open the door right the door doesn't open until
3: <laughs> yeah. you're There's not a getting Eula those hot pockets yeah, yeah yes. that's right how bad do you want those hot pockets big boy yes yeah. yes. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> now uh, we tend to throw our hands up in the air uh because it seems to be very little that we can do about these sort of things but for once i, I feel like i have a call to action for all of our grumpy old geeks listeners mm. okay go find these and fuck with them stare mm. at things forever oh. wear your wear your pet masks when you go in <laughs> start just stare at one particular product and then grab something else fuck with their data set go
3: people uh, hmm. I was just going to say, put a sticker over the camera, but I like your idea much better.
0: <laughs> I was just going to think, go to go to the bubblegum aisle, get some Hubba Bubba, chew it up, get some grape Hubba Bubba, chew it up, and then <laughs> stick it on the camera as long as you can go along, and then go to the front and buy your Hubba Bubba
2: and pay for oh, it. Oh,
0: yeah. I, but uh, I like the disinformation campaign. You, I you think just, we need you, to
1: start a disinformation. Yeah. I think yeah. we need to start a disinformation campaign Right. this. Right. So, yeah.
3: I suppose the other thing you could do is just start moving stuff around on the shelves without oh, yeah. telling them. so. <laughs>
0: yeah oh man yeah swap the hot
3: pockets for the the prune juice
1: right i think it's time to take back our privacy one hot pocket at a time people
3: yeah yeah so i don't know i think uh there's another one of those things that probably sounds good in a pitch meeting but the actual sounds
1: horrific to the rest of us
3: right <laughs> right just what i need yeah. is something tracking me chasing me down the aisle with an ad as I walk from one place to another saying, no, no, you really, please, no, you really want the hot? All right, listen, I'll give you 50 cents off the Hot Pockets. How about a dollar off the Hot Pockets? Stop, slow (laughs) down, come back, please.
1: Well, as our known sage and author of One Foot Tsunami, your source for crucial emoji news, wrote them himself (laughs) at the end. Uh, To anyone who might listen to cooler screens, please just stop. You are making the world a worse place. Reconsider what you're doing. Not every single thing that can be tracked and monetized must be is this what you want your legacy to be? Yuck.
3: <laughs> Stay grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Yes.
0: <laughs> I think I'm going to have to subscribe to one for tsunami. I think I like this guy.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: He sounds of our ilk.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We should at least reach reach out and send him some stickers or something. <laughs> yes.
1: So he can go place them on the aisles on the cooler screens products. That's what you do, people. That's Get what your we're grumpy doing. old geek
3: sticker. We're making some we're
0: making some <laughs> grumpy old geeks Walgreens stickers. That's what It'll it is. all It's so.
1: perfectly over camera screens. We'll we'll start processing now. Yep. Patreon.com slash G O G, please
3: send us your monies. That's right. That's right. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's enough all fun right. for one week.
1: Let's go dream of Star Wars land.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to next time I come out uh, your way. Maybe that's where we can all get together and go ride. Yes, they, uh, they're
1: going to have a bar. By the way, well, with alcoholic you, beverages. There you
3: go. So there we go.
0: <laughs> All right, go we're going to do a live live show from the cantina. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. And maybe five years from now when you can actually walk in and get a seat and <laughs> get bar. a drink.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm excited though. So me too. Mesa, right. happy. <laughs> oh, God. May the force be with you.
0: Ups <sighs> and doodads.
1: I'm a big fan of NPR's comedy news quiz show. Wait, wait, don't tell me, which uh, I know isn't a podcast, as Jason would always <laughs> it's get a rerun, mad about. Yes, it's a, it's it's a, a, bunch a rerun <laughs> download of the show that is aired, um, but it's a good show, I love as it, it. were. I, but it's very I enjoy good. It. I, I yeah. enjoy it. I usually download it. Uh, it comes in Friday or Saturday, and it's part of my bike ride on the weekend. So I'll listen to it. Keeps you up with news and current. It is very funny. Very funny people on there. Uh, They have actually released an app for Alexa or Google Play, which is very cool. Like, I've basically just been using my Alexas as radio players. Or music streamers or whatever you want to say it is. But uh, this is the first thing that I've actually found that I found to be quite innovative and, and well done. Uh, the host, Peter Sagal and Bill Curtis do it. So you're not like getting computer voice. You're getting them actually talking to you. And oh, nice. uh, they're, they're tracking stuff. So you play every week for a chance to win the wait, wait voice of your choice on your voicemail, just like the real game show. And hear your name on the air, apparently. So whoever scores highest or whatever—I don't know how they're doing that exactly. Uh, it's updating weekly, takes roughly five minutes to play, um, and it's a lot of fun. So if you're a fan of the show, you're going to really enjoy this uh, interactive thing that they've built for our for our ladies in the box. Oh, cool! I'll definitely check that out. I am—I'm still
0: working through Get Fact. Yeah. I'm up to like question sixty, but I just haven't had time to go back
1: and and play. But Uh, I like I you know me I'm I'm with you I love the trivia games yeah they're a lot of fun and these are very funny so I enjoyed the first episode and I'm set up a notification so they'll ping me when new ones are available yeah Very cool.
0: I lost my bell. (laughs) I I redid my studio and I lost my bell. Damn it.
1: Now, over at Gizmodo, uh, somebody went through the exact same experience I was going through. And I I found this very interesting. So we've got some bullet points here, but I'm going to give my experience, which again is the exact same. I have an iPhone 7. It's been wonderful. I've used it for a long time now. Have not upgraded. Don't need to. Does everything I needed to do. But I was starting to have problems with it charging. The lightning connector was getting funky. I don't know what was going on. I would plug the cord in. It would signal that it was charging, and then as soon as I put the phone down, it would signal that it was unplugged. And over the time, I started to develop a strategy where I basically had to like prop my phone up a little bit at an angle, and then would keep its weight in the connector and the contact, so it would actually charge. Mm-hmm. Now, this became a low level annoyance, but as you know, with low level annoyances, when you've got when you're busy as all hell, uh, they get pushed down the chain like i was like i gotta look into this i gotta see what's going on i gotta get to the apple store or something i'm not buying a new phone because they're crazy expensive and so it was just annoying and then it got to the point where like i would charge it in overnight and i would wake up and find out that it hadn't charged at all and my phone was like at 10 percent which is a pain in the butt so then i ran across this article and this guy went <laughs> through the exact same thing and uh apparently he woke up one morning a little bit hungover and uh Kind of looked into the thing and just saw some colors in there. And then he grabbed what was at hand, nail, not recommended to use a metal nail, but shoved a metal nail in there and just started scraping out lint. Lots and lots and lots of pocket lint. Yep. And that I can't believe you did the problem.
0: I did not know this. I, I, know this. I have, this. have <laughs> never
1: dealt with this before. The last four months have oh. been an ongoing nightmare of charging. And uh so I did not grab a uh a nail, I went and grabbed a skewer for a wooden skewer for kebabs and uh, shoved that thing in there and just started pulling out lint after piece of lint after piece of lint, shook it around a little bit, got the air can, blew that in there, more stuff came out, and now charges perfectly.
0: Yeah, dude, this has been around since the 3GS. I can't well, believe you didn't never never happened to me lint. before.
1: It's never happened to me before. I didn't know what was oh. going on, so thank God for algorithms that push Gizmodo's articles in my Facebook. feed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so funny. yeah So yes. 3GS, don't use I've metal. for that. Uh,
1: don't use metal. Use something wood or like a plastic toothpick, or better yet. And I do like this line. Um, this is a good time to advise all of you that if you're suddenly motivated to Marie Kondo your iPhone Lightning port, just take it to an Apple Care location where it is reported they have a special brush designed specifically to clean out Lightning ports. Apple, you could sell that brush. I would probably buy one.
0: Just get a fucking toothpick, man. Well, that's, that's what all I, you so need is a, a scooter, toothpick. So. Yeah. It's perfect. Just, Everything works great now. That's all you need. I can't believe you're on iPhone 7 and now the 10 is out, and you didn't know this. This came out with the 3GS. Never this happened the, to
1: me before. How am uh, I supposed to
0: know if it's never happened to me before? Okay. Okay. I think I mentioned it on the show, but you don't listen to my segments on the show. So, no, I don't. No, you what don't. What were you saying? So, Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to listen to this one either. I have found a new photo app that I am absolutely in love with. I've been using exactly. See, there he goes. There he goes. (laughs) I've been using Lightroom since version one, and I think I'm on version six now. And the problem with Lightroom is it is dog slow, dog slow. So I recently edited an interview for Kevin Rose's show for an upcoming podcast that he has with Trey Ratcliffe. And he was uh, talking about this product called Luminar Three, mm-hmm. and I went and got it. And if you have photos, and Brian, this this really pertains to you too, so don't fall asleep again. Nope. If you have thousands and thousands of photos that you need to organize, I do. This is by far the fastest app I've ever seen. It I is see incredible. it's powered by AI. It's got, I was good. Well, you, you just stepped on my <laughs> joke there, but <laughs> uh, as far as speed goes, I put in 10,000 photos into this thing. And these are, I'm not talking like little photos, like from the iPhone. I'm talking about 45 meg TIFFs. I'm talking about 35 meg RAWs, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And the, the cataloging on this is so unbelievably fast. I just have no idea how it's done. Right. No idea. So it must be the AI that it they have. Uh, they do have AI filters for sky enhancing and things like that, which are incredible. I have to mm-hmm. say, as far as I mean, yes, I know we, we all know what AI really means, but <laughs> their, their filters are really, really good. And you can create custom filter stacks that you can apply to a bunch of different photos. But I just have to say, for the organizational aspect, I've always had to have one folder per year for Lightroom. I haven't been able to like put my entire photo library in one catalog that I could, you know, tag and search over everything with this thing. I can, it's under a hundred bucks. It's super cheap. And they've got a 60 day money back guarantee. It's $69, you know? Mm. So well under a hundred dollars. And I just cannot believe how goddamn good this thing is. It really just blows my mind. So I am, I'm thankfully going to hopefully be stepping away from Lightroom soon. All because right. Lightroom six is still a turd. I mean, it does what it needs to do, but it is still a turd. So <laughs> I just that's that's my, you know, that really is my software recommendation of the week for for photo stuff. I could not believe it. I'm and I'm actually going to end up setting up a SmugMug account because I did some research and because people were asking me after the previous shows when I was talking about the photo stuff. Yeah, I went back and I re looked at SmugMug. And I mean, they used to have the worst design of anybody in the history of photo catalogs. <laughs> they, fixed, they fixed it pretty much, but it's still, it's not cheap. It's going to cost like 180 bucks a year, but right. I really like how they have it set up and I can sell prints if somebody wants to buy a print of mine, you know, after, I mean, I've got close to a hundred thousand photos that I can just dump up there and some people can, you know, pick up a print or two if they want. It's really cool. And finally, my last recommendation for absent Do dads is Feedly. Hmm. I have fallen back in love with Feedly. Before, they were just kind of a tie-in for my RSS feeds and my Reader 3 account. Well, once I got the new iPad Pro 12-inch, I found out that Reader 3 has not been updated in a very long time. And it sucks on the new iPads. So I had to go back and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, so all my feeds are at Feedly, so why not just go check out their app and see if it's any good. Turns out it's amazing. (laughs) It is really well done. It's really easy to be able to go through the thousands of headlines that we have to go through every week for this episode and uh, the other episodes. And with the pencil, it makes it really easy to scroll. I just sit back and I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, that looks interesting. Let me me look at that one. Then I save it to pinboard and bring it into our show notes. It's great. So I highly recommend Feedly for the new iPad pro 12 inch. If you've got one of those, it's a, it's a, it's a great little app and I can't recommend it more.
1: Excellent. And uh, since the mantle of parental stuff on the internets has fallen onto my shoulders for obvious reasons. And uh, I got a couple tweets about this particular uh, thing that's going on. The, the viral Momo challenge that's out there, which is a supposedly popping up on YouTube and it's, uh, it's telling kids to hurt themselves and commit suicide. That is a fake. Everyone, it is a fake. It does not exist. There are no videos out there. This has been kicking around for a while. It's just come back again. And uh, I saw a really interesting article that I urge all parents to read, especially if they're not particularly Internet savvy. It's over at Wired. Um, How not to fall for viral scares and the little plug for it. The disconnect between how the olds, that would be us, and their children use the Internet leads to parental anxiety. And in this case of this week's resurfacing of the viral fake Momo challenge, panic and misinformation. Arm yourself with some information, parents. Please go read this article. Link in the show notes. Brick-a-brick. Ran across this at travelandleisure.com, and I found this a little bit interesting. I know we're not supposed to be bagging on millennials, but uh, how much money would change your life, Jason? According to a survey from one poll in Self Lender, the average American considers about $20,000 the amount of money that they would need to turn their life around in 2019. <laughs> um, Up Now, I know going. that you and I are at slightly different ends of the spectrum, <laughs> but I would actually a life changing amount of money would need to be considerably more
0: for me. Uh, I I, would, I, yeah. I'm $100,000 in debt. Of course, I need a little right. bit more than that.
1: <laughs> uh, I would need a little bit more for life changing for other reasons. I, For me to like for my life to drastically change, I need to like have enough to pay off the mortgages and, and all things of that nature. But uh, what I found interesting is that <laughs> I just the... want
0: to get to zero. <laughs> You're talking about paying off your your extra homes and all this. Yes. Shit. Yes, Look, I, I want to get to zero. So you give me like I said, $1, I, $1, I realize that different.
1: we're at slightly different a- edges of the scale here, but uh, we're not yeah. quite the millennial yet so this is interesting for the average millennial those now aged between 19 and 39 they say they would only need to be given five thousand dollars for them to consider that amount of money life changing
0: because that that's gonna get them to the
1: fire festival next year speaking of that (laughs) yeah so so not dwell on that too much but the fire festival uh in la we had a recent event called uh what do they call it again the la beer and world barbecue festival which is being called the fire festival of barbecues (laughs) Now, I've never been a big fan of beer festivals or barbecue or food festivals of that nature, because it's always felt overpriced, uh, overpopulated. And you have to wait in lines for small amounts of food. It's oh, beer. It's just you've never. I'd rather been to, go... oh, you've never been to Taste of Chicago, my friend. Yeah, well, that, that's probably a very well-run one. Most of them yes. aren't. Uh, this one in particular went spectacularly bad. It was held at the Mandarin Plaza here in Chinatown in Los Angeles. Uh, It was an unmitigated disaster with a severely delayed start, hours-long lines, not enough staff, and heavy overcrowding. Um, The events-based app called Fever... Uh, The company behind it is in full damage control mode. Uh, Didn't appear that they intended to defraud anyone as with fire. They simply got overmatched and oversold things because of greed. Um, They're in the process of offering refunds as of today. The plan uh, was to give attendees who paid $32 per person, one drink ticket and three food tickets to try out a variety of worldwide barbecue styles. VIP people were of course able to pay for more and get more access. Uh, According to various posts on the events, Facebook page, including plenty of video and photo evidence Three deep lines drew around the block for hours before people were even let inside. So you oversold by a lot. Uh, Some reports say that there are only one or two or three small bars to handle full capacity crowds and the lines for just one vendor took over an hour with the whole event only spanning four hours total. What? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. So there you go. So I have a bit of a mini rant here and uh, look, people doing shit is hard. Anything. Putting together these festivals, they're hard. They require work. They require funding. They require planning. Lots and lots of it. And you have to step away from your profits and keep in mind the ability and the user experience. I've been involved with enough attempts to do things and seen them fizzle out because we got smart and said, we cannot pull this off. Now people just charge through even though they know it's going to fail. Knock it off, people.
0: I loved on the Fire documentary when they when they were really starting to like figure things out and they're like, Guys, we have to deal with poop. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yep. It's not something you really have to deal with, you know, when in, yeah. in your normal day-to-day life. It's like, guys, we're going to have a lot of shit, so we're going to have to figure out how to deal with that. It's one of the, you know, un- un- unintended consequences of putting on a festival where people There's Logistics. <laughs> yeah. Logistics
1: involve poop. And if you're throwing a barbecue and beer festival, logistics also encounter the the number of people that you can run through any particular thing in any particular time frame you can't oversell just because the demand is there yeah damn it I have to
0: say the only festival I've really been to in the past twenty years is Riot Fest and those yeah. guys have it down yeah, they should people just, know what they're doing yeah <laughs> they should really just sell their expertise to other venues because I tell you what I mean I never had to wait in line for a bathroom even though right. near the end of the the run for the the concerts. The bathrooms can get what, what you might call um, uh, apocalyptic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when there is poop and toilet paper rising out of the actual toilet themselves. That, that really is not something not you want. not what you hope for. Yeah. Definitely not what you hope for. It kind of reminded me of the end of Dogma, if you've seen that movie. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. No, but, I mean, you can do it right. You really can do it right. And these people who just come in and just say, ah, I got some money, let's do a festival. Yeah, you need to do your due diligence.
1: Damn right.
2: Closing shout outs.
1: From the, uh, we're getting old, damn it, Jason Files, uh, some sad <laughs> news. Uh, former Cure drummer Andy Anderson has passed away age 68 uh, after battling terminal cancer. Uh, he worked with Robert Smith in 1983 on the Cure side project with uh, Susie and the Banshee's Steve Severn, called The Glove, which is a great album. He played drums on that. Uh, he also played on uh, Speak My Language and Love Cats, which became The Cure's first mm. top 10 hit in the UK. And he worked on the album The Top and appeared on the live album concert as well. Uh, after leaving The Cure, he went on to play with people like Iggy Pop, Glenn Matlock, Edward Collins, Peter Gabriel, and Isaac Hayes. He was a very talented drummer. Uh, so that is sad news to hear. And sad, uh, we have indeed. some even crazier uh, weird breaking news as of right now, which I just saw. Luke Perry from Beverly Hills 90210 is sedated in hospital after suffering a massive stroke at his L.A. home. Um, yeah, so he's in a medically induced coma right now, which is sad news to hear as well. Um, you know, he's he's only 52. Yeah, well, he is only 52, not was. He still is. Still is 52. Is, like, didn't I say he is only 52? I
0: thought you said was. I'm like, check oh, no. Tape. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody come here and fact check this? Uh, the sad thing is he's the only person that has not signed on to the reboot.
1: Mm hmm. Well, yeah. He, he, I don't think he's going to be in it now, anyways.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe this is karma he's... for not signing back on. Wow. That's dark. <laughs> well, it's, closing shout outs has turned into just the the, <laughs> the the graveyard
1: of grumpy old geeks. So, well, it seems like the appropriate place to give call outs to people. So, <laughs> it's unfortunately tends to be quite negative. <laughs> And then Jason says, go die in a fire. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old
0: Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck or 20 a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, you can just go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show 325. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.
2: Hard Pockets. <laughs>